Welcome to Family Features, a podcast for anyone who wants to experience healthy relationships within their family. This is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and I'm honored to come alongside you to encourage, educate, and equip you as we focus on the different relationships that make us family. Let's get started and focus on today's feature. Welcome to the Family Features Podcast. My name is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and this is part three of four looking at gender ideology. What do Christians need to know by Sharon James? Again, I highly recommend you picking this up. And today we're going to walk into how God created us as male and female. Join me today. Male and female by design? Yes, it is. First point, sexual difference and complementarity. Nature teaches us both the fundamental distinction and the necessary complementarity between men and women. As males or females, we have distinct and different capacity for reproduction. While appearance may be altered, this reproductive capacity cannot be adjusted. When a man and a woman unite and a child is conceived, both parents have the same number of chromosomes. They are both equally human, but they are different. The woman with XX chromosomes and the man with XY chromosomes. If they conceive a girl, then she develops in her mother's womb at the same time that her, the little girl's, own egg cells are developing within her. A newborn baby girl has around 2 million eggs. When she becomes a woman, through her fertile life, around 400 of her eggs will mature. Gender reassignment is a parody of the real thing and can never fulfill the creation design of fruitfulness. Children and young people should be taught to respect the wonder of life, to respect their bodies, to respect the natural complementarity of the male and female body, and to respect their capacity to give birth to new life. More than 20 years ago, before the transgender movement became mainstream, David Blankenhorn, founder and president of the Institute of American Values, warned of the danger of blurring gender roles. He rightly observed that the infantile desire to be both sexes at once is foolish and futile. (coughs) Quote, indeed, androgyny, the combination of masculine and feminine characteristics into an ambiguous form, constitutes the most radical conception of expressive individualism that a society can imagine. It is the belief that human completion is a solo act. It is the insistence that the pathway to human happiness lies in transcending the old polarities of sexual embodiment for each individual man and woman to embrace and express all of human potentiality within his or her own self. Like all forms of narcissism, its final product is not fulfillment but emptiness, which is where we're at and where we're heading, and it's terrifying. (coughs) More recently, the feminist academic and social critic Camille Paglia has poured scorn on the way that women's studies programs typically ignore biology. The exclusion of any consideration of the basic biological differences between men and women, she suggests, lie behind the current contribution to the building of civilization. The idea that we can change sex is a parody of scientific reality. Every cell has a sex. That men and women are profoundly different in physiology and psychology. This has a significant impact on how they develop disease and how it should be treated. It's critical to know whether you're a male or female DNA-wise when you go in for certain treatments for certain things. We also know that men on average are 10% taller than women. They are 50% heavier There are cardiovascular differences. There are respiratory differences. And this impacts 
<coughs> medical care as well. Number two, God's good design. There is harmony between these. Once man and woman had been created as the crowning achievement of God's creation, God saw that it was very good. Genesis 1.31 God created man and woman with equal dignity. And both were created in the image of God. Genesis 1.27 God deliberately created man and woman with significant differences. Together, they had the capacity to be fruitful. Genesis 2.24, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Later on in Matthew 19.4-6, haven't you read the scriptures? Jesus replied, they record that from the beginning God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. And then Ephesians 5.31 of the scriptures say, A man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. <coughs> Excuse me. And the two are united into one. Perfect design. God's good design. Wound, redeemed, and restored. Unhappiness, conflict, illness, and death, all these are the outworking of human sinfulness. Where there is genuine gender confusion, just as where there are any other serious psychological or physical problems, it is a tragic outworking of living in a world groaning because of the effects of sin. And we'll look at that verse in a second. Jesus made clear it is not to be regarded as a result of an individual's specific sin. Luke 13.2 Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Jesus asked, is that why they, are su they suffered? No. Which is really important. Let's go back to Romans 8. Romans 8 says, But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Who is big? For if you live by its, its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have been not so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering the future glory. Verse 18, yet what we, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was sub subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks toward the day, forward to the day 
when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Romans 8, 9-22 And God's good design is the purpose revealed. The Bible begins with the marriage, the coming together of male and female. The two become one flesh. To disparage the physical human body is to disparage the God in whose image we are made. Number three, the good design demeaned. This false distinction between body and mind is a new form of an old heresy called Gnosticism. It divides your thoughts from the physical reality of the body. Gnosticism divides what God has united. Those with personhood are protected, but bodies have no inherent rights or dignity. Nancy Piercy observes, the body is denigrated to the level of the subpersonal. It is trivialized as a form of raw material that can be tinkered with, manipulated, experimented on, or destroyed with no moral significance. Human life is reduced to a utilitarian calculus subject only to a cost-benefit analysis. This is a far lower view of human life than anything taught in biblical Christianity. And we have escaped from reason. To defy nature and deny our creation design means we defy reason. We embrace unreason and insanity. The ultimate in autonomous freedom is being crazy. It's to be crazy for then you are free. And then there's rejection of the good design. It is this worldview that has led to an epidemic of young girls seeking to bind their developing breasts in a vain effort to deny their blossoming womanhood. Even worse, some young girls demand the surgical removal of perfectly healthy breasts. It is a worldview that leads to young men trying to tuck or conceal their genitals and demanding female hormones in an effort to suppress their manhood. Tragically, some young men demand surgical removal of their genitalia, a non-reversible mutilation of a healthy body. All this is just a symptom of this generation's declaration of independence from our Creator God. Nietzsche said, if God is dead, then all things are possible. We cannot know who we are unless we know who God is. The Christian worldview begins with creation. We have expressive individualism. Once we deny that there is a God whose character and decree defines what is right, then we deny that there are moral laws that are true for everyone, at every time, in every place. The only remaining moral absolute is to be faithful to yourself or to find your own identity. This can be described as expressive individualism. The end point of expressive individualism is absolute independence. It's the false gospel. In order to repent, we need to feel a deep sorrow for sin and a determination to turn away from it. But in our day, calls for repentance have been defined as abuse and submission is regarded as repressive. On the one hand, if someone feels shame in their identity, they should hear the biblical and liberating truth that in reality, identity is not a feeling about gender. Our identity as a human is that of having been made in the image of God. Conviction of sin is the work of the Holy Spirit. So in place of the biblical gospel, we have a new salvation message. You can be whoever you want to be. 
You can do what you want. You can define yourself as you like. You don't have to feel guilty about anything. And you don't have to fear judgment. This is a false gospel. It is another rerun of Genesis 3. It challenges the truth of God's word. Did God actually say, you shall not, Genesis 3.1, and offers a false reward for disobedience? You will be like God, Genesis 3.5. It is the old rebellion in new clothes. It is the human desire to be master, to recognize no God but me. And this false gospel is even being proclaimed in some sections of the church. There's compromise in the church, the culture of limitless self-regard. Many sections of the church have bought into the current worldview of expressive individualism. Individual human experience is often placed over Scripture. If the Bible contradicts what I sincerely and deeply feel, then by my sincere and deep feelings win. Theological liberals in the 19th and 20th centuries placed human reason above Scripture. Emotions and sentiment win. For some Christian leaders, the worst crime is to make people feel guilty or shame. Two options are possible. Celebration of LGBT identities, the moral option, or homophobic rejection, the immoral option. What do you do with that? Celebration of LGBT identities is described by some of as the truly Christian ethic. Why? Hate has been redefined to include any criticism of the fragile self. <coughs> the Rogerian counseling technique, unconditional positive regard and self-actualization. This means in practice that people commonly think of love as being uncritical affirmation. False, false, false. <coughs> Hate has been redefined. It is not defined as being any questioning or criticism of the demanding ego. Here's a quote, it's kind of odd, the wording of it. But if in the name of an external morality, a Christian voice were to challenge the demands um, the therapized ego insisted made it happy or actualized, this Christian voice or call or the bi um, Bible whose words the Christian was calling upon will become hate speech. The culture of limitless self-regard identifies any refusal to accept its demands for self-realization or self-satisfaction on its own terms as hate. The struggle in the church is not one of the compassion versus hate. It is one of revelation versus narcissism. Ooh, that's huge. The need to stand firm. Those who are suffering must be treated with respect and compassion. This is a unique form of intolerance. Our creation design teaches us that God has made us male and female to reflect His glory in every age. The theory that binary is bad and that we can construct our own gendered identity is an attack on humanity's having been made in the image of God, male and female. We need to stand firm. There are only two alternatives. One is silent slavery with all the repression and resentment that will generate. Or the other is outright conflict. Free speech is not just another value. It's the foundation of Western civilization. Let's look at this part, the transgendering of children. This is where it's led to. Children learn through storytelling. Our children are being robbed of truth. And two different types of gender dysphoria are on the rise right now. Gender onset, or child onset gender dysphoria, 
and rapid onset dysphoria. <clears throat> so the first one, child onset dysphoria. This is gender nonconformity that may express itself in a strong preference to behave like the other sex with regard to clothing, play styles, playmates, interests, and so on. Encouraging sex change or an alternate gender identity is destructive to individuals with autism or Asperger's, which is actually strongly, very much growing right now, um, only furthering their private pain. When gender non-conforming children are not encouraged to identify as the opposite sex, the great majority, 60 to 90 percent, adjust to their birth sex once puberty has occurred. A comprehensive overview of research on gender identity issues concluded this. In the course of their development, many children explore the idea of being the, of the opposite sex. Nearly all children ultimately identify with their biological sex. The notion that a two-year-old, having expressed thoughts or behaviors identified with the opposite sex, can be labeled for life as transgender has absolutely no support in science. Indeed, it is iniquitous to believe that all children who have gender atypical thoughts or behavior at some point in their development particularly before puberty, should be encouraged to become transgender. If social transition is not permitted, most children desist once puberty has occurred. Parents and others who resist this are sometimes accused of transphobia, but they are right to resist. That is because there's a totally natural way of resolving gender confusion, childhood gender confusion. It's called puberty. When children do generally experience discontent with their biological sex, this resolve itself in up to 90 plus percent of cases if puberty is allowed to take its course. If you allow testosterone to kick in for boys and estrogen for girls, in the vast majority of cases, gender confusion is resolved. Firmly, but kindly and patiently, insist that your child is a member of his or her birth sex. You should not allow your child to engage in behaviors such as cross-dressing and fantasy play as the other sex. Above all else, you should not let your child socially transition to the other sex. Glenn Stanton writes, The push in culture today to embrace and affirm such children's wishes is founded more upon a political ideology than it is in careful science and experience. Sadly, this political ideology has led to some countries to an increased expectation that children demonstrating gender nonconformity should be prescribed with puberty suppression drugs, the hypothalamic hormone suppression at ages 10 to 13, as a means of making sex reassignment less traumatic in later adolescence. These drugs were first used to uh, block puberty in the Netherlands in 2001. There have been no long-term clinical trials. Children may demand that their parents allow them to request such drugs. The argument is that if gender dysphoria persists, and they pursue the course of sex reassignment, it will be less traumatic if normal physical development has been suppressed. It is claimed that the effects of such drugs are fully reversible, but there is no long-term evidence to prove this claim. A study conducted in the, at the Tavis Stock Clinic in London found that no patient taking puberty blockers later desisted, whereas 90.3% of children who did not take them did later desist. The publication of the study was blocked. Decreases, what does it do? It decreases bone mineralization, meaning a higher risk of fractures and an increased risk of obesity and testicular cancer in boys. This is an unregulated live experiment on children. It affects height, organ development, and bodily shape. 
Puberty blocking, puberty blocking medications, it leaves a young person in developmental limbo without the benefit of puber, uh, pubertal hormones or secondary sex characteristics, which would tend to consolidate gender identity and is likely to threaten the maturation of the adolescent mind. To halt the natural process of puberty is an intervention of momentous proportions with lifelong medical, psychological, and emotional implications. And the second one is rapid onset gender dysphoria, ROGD, mostly but not always to occur among girls. A group of friends in which multiple or even all members become transgender identified all around the same time or that they were immersed in social media or both. It's a social contagion. A peer group, either real or virtual, fosters the mutual belief that anxiety and unhappiness may be caused by being transgender and that gender transition will provide the solution. Deep self-hatred coupled with naive confidence that transition will lead to acceptance by peers and internal peace. One can see the angst and agony of such youngsters shamelessly being exploited by the commercial promotion of products such as breast binders. They are told by trans-affirming peers that parents who resist such demands are transphobic. They are warned that Christians who believe that God created male and female are bigoted. There's a sense that the world is divided. There's us, those who understand trans issues, and them, the enemy. This is encouragement to cut ties with biological family members and others who don't endorse the demand to transition. There are many testimonies on social media sites which reveal the heartbreak of those who later desist and who testify to the late lasting physical and emotional harm of these measures. For example, girls find that breast binding decreases lung capacity and can lead to breathing difficulties, fainting, broken ribs, and back pain. If the youngster does take cross-sex hormones, the risks include cardiac disease, high blood pressure, blood clots, stroke, diabetes, and cancers. Bailey and Blanchard believes that um, rapid onset gender dysphoria is not about discovering gender dysphoria that was here all along. Rather, it is about falsely coming to believe that one's problems have been due to gender dysphoria previously hidden from the self and others. People with ROGD do have a kind of gender dysphoria, but it is a gender dysphoria due to persuasion of those especially vulnerable in a false idea, or to a false idea. It is not gender dysphoria due to anything like having the mind brain of one sex trapped in the body of another. Why is there so much confusion? Increasing numbers of young people are confused and unhappy about their bodies and their identity. We have the sexualization of culture, the radical feminist movement campaign for women to enjoy the same sexual freedoms as men. This contributed to the sexualization of Western culture. Pornography is ubiquitous. It is being accessed by an even younger demographic, men and women, boys and girls. All of these pressures contribute to a lack of confidence in and comfort with our own body, with dissociation, shame, anxiety, self-disgust, low self-esteem, depression, negative mood, eating disorders, negative body image, and sense of self, self-objectification and self-harming behaviors. Some may conclude that if being a, success, a successful girl must mean looking and behaving like a porn star, they'd rather not be girls at all. Girls who have been victims of sexual abuse may find it safer to identify as a boy. So heartbreaking. Family breakdown. There are fewer stable role models. 
The rates of fatherlessness in the 21st century are probably unprecedented. Fewer children have stable role models of a mother and a father. So you construct your own special identity. Children don't thrive when they're not allowed to simply be confident in their own bodies, confident that they are a boy or a girl. They need boundaries. But we have expressive individualism. So is, edu is it education or indoctrination? Schools are the gateway by which gender theory can be promoted, whether under the guise of sex education or anti-bullying guidance. The aim of the sexual revolutionaries has been liberation, including the liberation of children from the repressive norms taught by their parents. Such liberators demand the right to teach other people's children about sex. Comprehensive sexuality education assumes that children and young people have the right to sexual pleasure. Non-judgmental or value-free sex education leaves just one moral standard, the giving of consent. Interesting. Apart from that, nothing can be forbidden as being immoral. Responsible sex education would teach children and young people the truth that delaying sex until adulthood and then deferring intimacy until a relationship is secure greatly increases the chances of achieving a satisfying relationship. So why would we do that? Boundaries have been smashed down. Such, such sex education encourages young people to experiment, and children are sent to school to be educated, not confused, but they're coming away more confused than ever. LGBT organizations often offer to go into schools with anti-bullying programs. This idea of gendered intelligence. This is effectively coaching children into how to demand that their parents and others affirm them in a gender identity which may bear no relation to their biological sex. In the last decade, the Tavistock Clinic in London has seen an increase of 1,173% in referrals of boys and 4,415% increase in referrals of girls. Don't use children as political pawns. But yet that's what they're doing. Miranda Yardley is a transsexual who argues that the concept of the transgender child is especially useful to adult campaigners. And they're doing a great a job of it. Transgender activists know that the public is unlikely to be sympathetic to the claims of men whose transgender identity is linked to a sexual desire. So to shift focus away from those adolescent or adult natal males whose experience a tendency to be sexually aroused by the thought of themselves as female, sometimes described as autogenophilia, it is politically expedient to focus on the needs of children. Eroticism and sexual desire can be downplayed. Children are being used as a human shield by adult activists. God's design is perfect. Bless you as you continue to struggle and wrestle with your understanding, but I pray that you will actually go back to God's word for your foundation of who you are and who you raise your children, your family up into being. And may we have compassion for those that are struggling with this or those who completely and utterly reject this because they need Christ just, as, just like you and I do. Bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the Family Features Podcast. It has been an honor to serve. Find out more about Dr. Gilbert and his resources for you and your family's growth and success at healinglives.com. And if you think you could use some support along the way, be sure to book that call at bookdrg.com. And one more thing, if you found this helpful, please share this podcast with others so that we can change the world together.